With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. No, your podcast feed is not broken. This is not a special occasion or a miracle. Yes, this is a bonus draft pod for you this week. Schwan Man, J Mike, presented by DraftKings. This is your boy, Andre Simone, here to get into some Friday draft vibes. We are all about the future of football and the future of the Denver Broncos. Uh, so we're just... Uh, you know, we're just here to to analyze all things team building. And on that team building front, we've got Sean Payton, pesky old Sean Payton, making some interesting moves and uh, some real football heads like you guys. Can't wait to get into all that's going on. We teased it last earlier in the week. We want to get into some mocks and then uh, some other fun stuff. So, J-Mac, how are we feeling? Doing good, man. It's interesting to see how all of this is coming together. We've got uh, some big college basketball action tonight. CSU Wyoming, always one of my favorites. So it's it's a good day. I'm looking forward to uh, all the different work projects I get to dive into today. You driving up to Laramie or is it in Foco? It's in Foco this time. So thank goodness I don't have to go uh, 70 miles north of the border where it's just it's unpleasant up there it's cold and windy and it's it's a neat little college town like i, I have respect right. for laramie it's got good college town vibes mm-hmm. but man is it just miserable in the winter just avoid it it's all around us it's a little a little rough a little rough i apologize for the banana in my mouth schwan man how are we feeling uh not too bad i'm ready to talk some ball i'm ready for winter to be over um, and that's about where I'm at. Known ball knower and winter hater, Jake Schwanz. Um, Jakester, feeling better, worse, or the same about the Sean Payton hire with these latest moves? Um, the same, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I, I no one's twisting I, your I, arm here, Sean, man. We want you your honest thoughts. Give it to us. Yeah, I mean, there have been some weird moves, I'd say. But uh, the other part of me just keeps going, this is Sean Payton. Just let him do his thing. It'll be okay. But uh, a little nervous about what's been going on. No, it's that, it's that delicate balance as we analyze more of the big picture of football where you want to trust people with a, a proven track record, but you also... When it's not necessarily the moves you would make, it makes you wonder. Um, J-Mike, same question to you. And then 
You can tell me if we want to hit up the weird or the more obvious stuff on this coaching, these coaching additions, which we should mention. I think the headlines are Vance Joseph, new defensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi in some coordinator capacity. Um, Vance is able to retain some important coaches on the defensive side, which is huge. And on the offensive side, it's a lot of kind of unknowns, a lot of former players and headlined by Davis Webb, the New York Giants backup quarterback, um, the Forrest Gump of football. In fact, let me get into that real quick. He really, why do I say that? So 2013, Davis Webb comes to Texas Tech. It's the first year Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach. The Pirates left RIP forever. And he, in 2013, is splitting time with Baker Mayfield. Beats out Baker Mayfield, the walk-on who has to transfer to Oklahoma, and we know how that goes. By his junior season, Davis Webb loses his job to Patrick Mahomes, which was amazing. Uh, Prime transfer candidate at quarterback, having lost his job coming from that air raid. Everyone in Boulder is very excited to get him, and he would have beat out Sefo Lufau to not... And that would have been Sefo's final year. That was the year of the rise. Instead, he goes to Cal um, and has a ho-hum season while the Buffs win the Pac-12 South. Drafted in the third round, backing up um, Daniel Jones. And now he'll be uh, he'll be the offensive coordinator for Russell Wilson, six years his senior, and he'll be learning under Joe Lombardi, who's the son of Mike Lombardi, who's been around football forever, was an assistant GM under, um, you know, Bill Walsh and has been like, you know, worked under Al Davis as the GM of the Raiders for years. Uh, Joe's been at the Patriots and kind of groomed that way and stuff. And (laughs) under Sean Payton, it's really like a wild, he has all these different sliding doors moments of if he beats out Baker, does Baker ever become anything? Um, Or if he doesn't, beat out Baker as Baker, just like a middling quarterback at Texas tech who himself gets surplanted by Patrick Mahomes later. So, um, it's wild that Davis Webb at 28 is the quarterback coach. Yeah. I mean, the dynamic of it is certainly going to be odd, but what's made Davis Webb, I think a factor in football for the last 10 years was never necessarily as, above average physical traits or anything like that. He's always kind of been revered as somebody who's brilliant. Some of the stuff that I've read as far as, um, you know, what was happening in Buffalo, it sounds like he was very proactive as far as their like play design and and kind of helping with script type stuff. So it kind of seems like he's been preparing for this role for quite some time as far as Thoughts on the staff as a whole? I mean, it, it's not surprising to me. Sean Payton hired a lot of guys that he's worked with in the past and has known for a long time. That's what football coaches do. Yeah. And every single time that that happens, everyone reacts as if it's this like crazy, shocking thing. Oh, he didn't keep this coach. He didn't keep... No, because they want to bring in their own guys. That's what they do. That's what football coaches, especially experienced ones, they don't want to deal with any, oh, well, last year we did this. They don't care. It's his way. He retained a couple of the important defensive uh, positional coaches. So I think that's huge as far as Vance Joseph goes. I mean, we'll see. His results have not been stellar, I would say, over the last you know half decade or so. But this is a guy that was hired as a head coach because of he was a 
you know, up and coming, very popular defensive coordinator candidate. He's going to have a better um, infrastructure, better talent in, in Denver than he had in Arizona. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think it's like a crazy to, to bring in VJ as a defensive coordinator. There have been plenty of guys that have gone back to, you know, places where they worked in the past. Yeah, the um, the optics of it may be a little weird. I think from a football schematic standpoint, though, Jake, it's certainly it w- was my preference over Patricia um, and Rex Ryan. You know, it, how outdated is his defense? How much has he adapted and modernized? And to me, VJ's always been like a front runner's defensive coordinator. So a lot of the pressure is on Sean Payton to give him some front running second halves where he can dial up that blitz or dial up that exotic back end coverage that the quarterback hadn't seen all game and boom we were up seven game over because vj's call made all the difference if he you know rex ryan would have been a much better hire if this is a low scoring football team that's trying to grind out 20 to 17 type dubs that's from a scheme standpoint what i see web is really interesting because of that background we just talked about all the air raid stuff and what that adds to the Sean Payton arsenal will be really interesting. Well, Lombardi was kind of vanilla and criticized for maybe not being more exotic, not leaning into uh, Justin Herbert and all that he brings. But I don't know, Jake, is less exotic what Russell Wilson needs right now? Uh, I, he, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't really know what he needs, to be honest. Uh, I'll say I'm very intrigued by Zach Streif as the online coach, though. He was a great player for the Saints uh, for quite a while. I believe he played guard. Mm-hmm. Um, Davis Webb, yeah, man. I don't know. This guy's younger than me, so that makes me feel weird. Yep. And yeah, great job on those I mean, views on the pod yesterday. You know, really puts that in perspective. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but this is a guy you talk about. Probably one of the most impressive coaches in the NFL last year was Brian Dable. Yes. He spent the last yes. like three seasons under Brian Dable, just learning mm-hmm. from him, as Justin mentioned at the at the Bills, um, being involved in play design and stuff. And then he obviously follows him to the Giants last year and uh is a you know a piece of that success. Uh I'm also intrigued by some of the former players on defense. I mean, Michael Wilhoyt's gonna be the outside linebackers coach. Right. Uh do you guys remember Chris Banjo, assistant special teams coordinator? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's an interesting staff. On VJ, Henry kind of convinced me yesterday, I think, when I was listening to the Broncos pod, just talking about how Vance Joseph wants to run. He's going to play man. He's going to play cover one. He'll have P- PS2 kind of travel and cover the best receiver. He'll probably bring some exotic looks in terms of blitzes and fronts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of for it, man. I mean, if he's willing to get past the – what happened in his tenure here as head coach, if he's willing to, yeah. you know, just say I'm fine with it coming back and look past the, I guess the fan base's disappointment. And um, I think he was a good players coach. So I don't think any players would have an issue with it. I'm on board, I guess. He just yeah. feels like a modern fit, you know, like modern football isn't really winning 13 to 10 games, 10, seven games. We mm-hmm. saw that with the Broncos last year. You look at even college football, the stuff we do, the Alabamas of the world, like 
Yeah. Modern football is winning, you know, 30 to 27 and getting a couple of key stops, a couple of key blitzes, a couple of key sacks, picks, that type of stuff. It's just, it's a different world. And I think, yeah. honestly, what VJ did as a head coach is basically irrelevant to the conversation of whether he could be an effective right. defensive coordinator here. Right. Other than just the context of Broncos fans don't like him. Who cares? Right. If we're only making decisions based on what the fan base is doing, then we're probably doing the wrong thing. I also think what we're getting at, very young staff, lots of former players. Um, and it that intrigues me. You know, with Hackett, young, <laughs> maybe an experience is like, Sean Payton, it's awesome to see him bring in some guys that he can like coach up and grow with you know um so that has me that certainly has me intrigued that was peyton right like at one point Uh he was uh that young you know under parcells Uh so i i don't know i trust him and as far as some of these younger guys go and you know davis webb i don't there's a reason that davis webb has stayed in the conversation the last 10 years despite how his wonky his career has been 100%. And I mean, he's been around a lot of high-end football nights. And sign me up for that. Uh, Let's get into some mock talk, boys. We'll start in order of how the mocks were published. Let's go with McShay first. And I don't have that queued up, so I leave the floor to you for a sec. Um, McShay had the Colts trading up to one and snagging Bryce Young. CJ Stroud goes number two to Houston. Um, so some, some fun stuff right off the bat. Then Chicago gets Jalen Carter at four, which would be a nice little haul. Um, Will Anderson three to the Cardinals. Seattle lands Tyree Wilson, the Texas Tech edge who really seems to be rising of late. Yeah. Um, that's the top five. But now that you guys have it, I was just kind of trying to. To buy some time for y'all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Ra- the Raiders pick at seven for Will Levis seems really crazy to me. Um, I know Tom Brady's off the board. So that does uh, decrease their options. That just doesn't strike me as a McDaniels guy at all. Uh, and that'd be a very weird mark. decision. This has to be the mock that made uh, Mel Kuyper say if Bijan Robinson gets drafted to the Ravens, he's going to retire. Is this is this that mock? Because that's what's <laughs> going on here. Shea put uh, Bijan to the Ravens. Uh, Addison to the Vikings, I think, is pretty intriguing. And uh, pick after that, Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Jaguars. Yeah, that would be a huge, huge add. Um, I really agree with most of how, like, after Levis, which is the crazy pick, and Anthony Richardson at nine is kind of the chalk pick for the Panthers these days, right? Um, which I don't know. That I'm very skeptical. Very skeptical of Anthony Rich. You know, like obviously we'll get into more of that. But like Skaronsky at eight, Brian Brees at 10 to the Eagles, which like, could you imagine that front adding Brian Brees? Wow. Then Paris Johnson Jr. to the Titans, which feels like such a great identity fit. Quentin Johnson to the Texans, which you would be pairing with um, CJ Strout, who they pick second overall. Like that, that's the dream combo. Um, And again, if I'm the Bears and I have the first overall pick, 
I'm thinking of how can I land that type of dream combo? Whether part of that is keeping Justin Fields, but like you got to come away with something more than just Jalen Carter. If everyone pats the Bears on the back for like, oh, great, you did the most Bears thing ever. You drafted like a 10-year super solid defensive lineman up the middle when all you need is offense because you've been god-awful for, I don't know, your entire history. Um, it's it's just going to be really tone-deaf, man. And then Broderick Jones at 13, we're on the Broderick train big time, um, but that hasn't necessarily always been a consensus. Joey Porter, 14, CB1. I think we mostly agree with that. Um, Michael Mayer would be an insane pick for the Packers. That, to me, is more of a target to trade up for a Levis type. Um, so anyways, that top 15, like, really settles in and makes sense to me from the 10 to 15 range. Um, I love Dalton Kincaid going 28 to the Bengals. It's a great fit too. Dalton getting a lot more love. Um, The Ravens are so interesting, man. The Ravens, it's everything's on the table this off season. Mm -hmm. They need wide receivers desperately. I would hate Bijan landing there. Because they they're one of those teams that can't quite seem to figure running backs out, um, but you know, I mean, anything's on the table for them because they they may have multiple picks. Lamar might be with another team. Jameer Gibbs at twenty seven to the Bills, I think, is interesting too. Um, just in terms of like a perimeter pass catching back, I think that's something mm-hmm. that they've kind of lacked yeah. over the past past few years. Zay Flowers twenty fifth to the Giants as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, Keon White, we've talked about. Anton Harrison to the Eagles. Again, this would be such a slam dunk for the Eagles to get Harrison. And like, just talk about the, the, what's the expression? The rich getting richer? Yeah. Huh. That kind of seems like a dumb expression now that I say it out loud. Um, the 20s, though, like skill position city, which you love. That feels, that feels like what's going to happen in the modern NFL, right? We get later on and the run on corners happened and boom, now it's skill position time in your boys, a flowers, Dalton Kincaid, Addison goes to the Vikings. You know, you mentioned Smith and Jigba. So, uh, okay. Daniel Jeremiah, J Mike let us off on McShay. DJ's your guy. Um, Schwan, man. So start us off. That's my dude. Um, he's got Bryce Young. Or first off, we'll start with Jalen Carter again to the Bears first overall. And then Bryce Young second to the Texans. Uh, Tyree Wilson, top three. He's going to be the, the Cardinals pick here. And then CJ Stroud to the Colts, mm. leaving Will Anderson to go to the Seahawks in that Broncos slot. Will Levis at seven to the Raiders. Again. Um, again, yes. Looking through, I don't know where uh, Anthony Richardson falls here. Lucas Van Ness, top 10 is nutty and i know that that dj says it in there like this is kind of a a prediction based on a a combine blow up Mm -hmm. but his production is really minimal he has Uh, richardson going 18 to the lions mm -hmm. i like that fit doesn't have to start right away Um, in an offense where you can really run and pass the ball with legitimate weapons in both areas I like that fit a lot. Can't you see Dan Campbell like adding some Hertzian like packages oh, in the yeah. red zone already? Um, 
that'd be a ton of fun. Um, man, as a Panthers fan, I'd be just like devastated to see another top 10 pick on an O-lineman here with Skaronsky going ninth overall. Um, a couple questions, fellas. Would I be right to roast the Bears if they just sat at one and took a defensive lineman? Yes. It's not good positional value at all. And I mean, even if it was an edge, but it's still like you're you're completely you're you're not maximizing your value. And that would be a massive, massive mistake. And who do you think is the most intriguing trade up candidate right now? Um, I'm nervous about the Raiders, I'll say. Mm. I think they're kind of desperate. And they moved on from Derek Carr to upgrade and try and get better than him. And I think they're going to be aggressive um, and try and get one of these quarterbacks. That makes more sense than moving on from Derek Carr to do a project pick in Will Levis and have that, you know, bank mm-hmm. on that, I guess, working out early when you just spent all this money to get Devontae Adams. And yeah, I, yeah I, the Raiders, I think, are a good pick. Indy's probably the obvious one. Um, I mean, maybe Houston, cause they've got the two top 15 picks. If they just decide we want, you know, one of these guys, I could see that, um, to me, it's Detroit. Carolina, maybe to me, it's Detroit at six trying to move up. I think that's the move, you know, that's QB. the, uh-huh. that's the, like putting your chips in the middle of the table. Maybe you trade golf. Maybe it's someone to back off up for a couple of years and take more of a slower route. But they've they've got the pick capital. They've kind of got some extra players they could flip if they needed it. I think the guys like DeAndre Swift or what have you. Um, I just like, if you're a Bryce believer and you're a Lions believer, now's kind of, you're not going to have many other, you know, like, I know it's been two decades of having picks in the top six. Now might be the last bit of a last chance saloon. With Jamison Williams, DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift, and they are, I mean, that offense would be absurd. It would be a lot of fun. Bro, reuniting him with Jamison would be, sign me up. Yeah. Penny Penny Sewell blocking for him, bro? Like, come on now. Come on now. Detroit deserves that. That fan huh? base deserves that combination. Like, I would, I'm a Broncos guy through and through, but I'd, sure. I'd find myself low-key rooting for the Lions in that scenario just because that'd be such a fun team. I'm saying, man. I'm saying. I'm, I'm about it, man. I think the Lions are, uh, they position, position themselves well. They have, I think, a valuable piece in Jared Goff that you can move and kind of yep. uh, lessen the blow for whoever you trade with. Yeah, I, I mean, that contract, it. that Goff contract was an albatross two, three years ago. Oh, right. shit. He's the most affordable starting quarterback on the market now. Um, and he's and improved you, his image, I think, with what he's done. I mean, right. Like, Goff went to a Super Bowl, like for as much. I, I know he had plenty Who's of help been around. Him, yeah, and I mean, look with the six pick, the Bears six pick, eighteenth pick, and maybe I don't know, maybe Jared Goff's included in some sort of you know third party trade to add capital one way or another. You're still going to get your D lineman, even if Will Anderson or Jalen Carter don't drop to you at six. The Bears will find something, and at eighteen, you can finally add some some weapons. You know, I, that to me maybe makes more sense for everyone. Um, 
than just stacking like, oh, another future first or whatever. Um, we'll get into more of the picks from DJ's second half and other wild mocks from around the web. But first, DraftKings Sportsbook, the king of sportsbook. Use that code DNVR. Never been a better time to sign up. J Mike's got you covered on all the college hoops picks. Um, we've got early college football futures coming through. You you get the NBA to bet on. Right now, the Nuggets are it, it's it's just absurd. It's like free money betting the Nuggets. Very similar to betting on the Avs last season. Your your seam head seam headed up. You know, getting on some win totals. They got you covered there. They're the best man. They're the best. You can boost SGPs. You can boost parlays. They've always got some fun offer for you. I've been betting the midday soccer like a sicko Tuesday through Thursday. Best thing in the world. DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to our friends at Jive Hive. Jive Hive is a virtual dispensary on wheels that can deliver to wherever you may be. You're at home partying or if you're trapped in by the snow, don't worry. Jive Hive has you covered. Just head on over to jivehive.com. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Put your address in to their little locator thing. Find out if they can deliver to your door. They are now serving in Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Don't drive, jive hive. Finally, Breckenridge Brewery and DNVR have teamed up to give some lucky DNVR fans the ultimate game day experience. That includes VIP tickets, club Lexus access, a parking pass, that's underrated. Parking is hella expensive these days. Yeah. DNVR merch and more. We're giving away a pair of tickets for not just the Abs, but also the Nuggets. The Abs uh, game we're giving away, that is going to be March 9th. We'll be giving the tickets away one week before that game. So make sure you get in on that. You're running out of time here. And on the 30th, we'll give away a pair of courtside seats away for the Nuggets-Pelicans game. Hopefully Zion's back. Even if he's not, it doesn't matter. You're sitting courtside. It's an epic experience. You get drinks included. Make sure you tip your weight staff real good. If you want to enter, go to thednvr.com slash sweepstakes. You have to be 21 or older. The link is also in the show description. Again, those winners will be selected one week before each game. That is March 9th for the Avs, March 30th for the Nuggets. Don't miss out on this epic experience, guys. I was fortunate to get hooked yeah. up by Breck on a couple occasions and sit in these seats that they are giving away. And Ooh. it's some of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Like I'm I'm not an ego guy, but when you're sitting in those those courtside seats, like you feel like you're Jack Nicholson or something. It's it's just sick. So make sure you apply. Don't miss out. Shout out Breck Brew. That is sick. Please get in on that. If you are a homie, we want to be able to hook you up. So do it. Um, fun though, man. I mean, we're really seeing that that pre combine jostling from the tenth pick on. I mentioned McShay at Joey Porter Jr., CB1. Here we have Devin Witherspoon to the Eagles as CB1. Another really intriguing pick for Philly. Another great fit on the Paris uh, Johnson Jr. at 12. Houston once again going wide receiver, this time Jordan Addison. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, we know DJ's big on Dalton Kincaid going 15th overall. And uh, Darnell Wright, who's not even in McShay's first round, is at right tackle, 17th overall. Kind of a surprising pick there. Anything else that stands out to you, boys? Jalen Hyatt in the first round, 25th overall to the Giants. Gable with Hyatt, man. Give me some of that. If I'm DraftKings and I start setting like draft props, right? And um, I set a number for Hyatt. I think the bet is Hyatt first rounder, yes or no. So over under pick 31 and a half, right? Because we have 31 Mm -hmm. first rounders this year. I take the under, man. I've seen this before. That dude, that dude runs the way we think he's going to run. Easy peasy. He's a first rounder. Mm -hmm. Turn on Um, any of those Tennessee games. He completely takes over. It's nuts. He really does. Yeah. Zay Flowers at 29 to New Orleans. I mean, I'd love this pick if Sean Payton was there. I don't know if I like it with uh, whatever they have going on at quarterback right now. Well, such a humble guy, man. He, uh, he hasn't mentioned that both these mocks have Zay Flowers in round one. Like that, that's Jake's guy, man. If that's, that's my guy. If my guy was, you know, surprise back to back first, you I'd be leading off with that. But Jake just subtly gives you the little if Sean Payton was still there, I'd like the pick. So I I, two years ago. We, we gotta give the shout out there. Um Felix Anaduki Uzoma, the yes. A State edge going in the first is really intriguing. We've talked about this group of edges. Like you get to the end of the first, that's Noli Smith, Ojulari, K-State. Um, you know, there's there's a thick group of edges there. Keon White, who's kind of on the verge. I think his appeals maybe more as an interior. Um, you know, so it, it's a choose your flavor and we'll see how how things play out with uh, with the combine and stuff on that group, but you could see Zach Harrison's in that group. You could see like literally anyone: Isaiah Foskey, Derek Hall, it's Will McDonald, who was really nice. And uh, I feel like we've forgotten a little bit about Felix. I'm really intrigued how he performs at the combine, Jay Mike, because this is a dude who was an absolute phenom at K State this season. He's just a three-down impactful player. He gets after the quarterback. He completely takes over and stopping the run game. He's got a relentless motor. I mean, that that K-State defense was a big part of what made them, especially two years ago, um, you know, just such a threat to upset you on any game. Like, obviously, you turn them on, and the focus is going to be on Deuce Vaughn and Martinez and then Will Johnson when he took over in that offense. But this is a guy that's a stud, and I really think we've only kind of scratch the surface of of what he can be. I just, you get him in an NFL system, put on some weight because he's going to move well. Like I'd be really surprised if he doesn't run extremely well at the combine, put up, you know, good, uh, you know, three cone, that type of stuff. He's really, really just agile when you watch him. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. he was such a mismatch for anybody he was going up against. And what you're describing is, you know, that combo of both having that burst and uh, flexibility, but being more of an all-around dog, he feels like he'd be a great complement off the set, you know, Browning or Nick Benito, a lighter edge, you know, doing a little DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller, you know, a little more complete, levels out the the more one-trick wonder speed edge. 
on a just as a random question off of off of Mox, but what we were talking about earlier. Does the hiring of Vance Joseph make it more likely to retain Draymond Jones, in your opinion? I don't think so. I think he's gone, honestly. Sounds like he just wants to cash in, and I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it changes too much. I'm not sure it changes too much. I think I think this is much more of a resource management thing, you know, as like... Are you better off retaining this guy because you're not going to be able to get that tier of talent otherwise? And thus you play a little more of a premium for it, or you feel that he's basically like above average and we can find this for cheaper. Fair enough. Like the ideal, like the ideal Broncos situation with him would be like getting him on a one-year deal, kind of like, you know, prove it and then you'll get the payday. But Looks like Draymond wants to get paid now. So, um, yeah, I, I'm considering him gone, honestly. Mm. Interesting. Um, thoughts on Tony Pauline's mock real quick. Jalen Hyatt, 11th overall. That would be... That'd be something. And yet, couldn't I see it? Like... If someone goes really high, it's usually the speed demon. Jake, you're shaking your head, which I love for us. I mean, if he runs the 4-2 that you say he's going to run, then everything's on the table. I mean, this guy could go like top six at that point. Who knows? Got to run the 4-2 first, though, man. Got to see it. What would you set as over-under on the 40? Mm Hmm. Four, three, six. Solid number. It's a solid number. <laughs> um, J. Mike, he's also got Brian Branch to the Jets at 13. Are you a Branch guy? Yeah, I had him in my risers just because I think he's the most versatile he and most complete that. defensive yeah. back yeah. that I've watched so far. Um, it, it would not shock me at all. I don't think he's going to go quite that high, but he's going to be a first-round pick without a doubt. Um, I mean, Luke Musgrave going top 20 would be totally. fun, especially yeah. if he ends up with the Detroit Lions. He feels like a total a Dan Campbell type player. Um, I would like him with Goff. I'd like him if they somehow pulled off, you know, what we were talking about earlier and got one of these younger quarterbacks, but that'd be a lot of fun. Quentin Johnston falling to 20. That'd be a little surprising to me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Schwanman, DJ Turner, the corner out of Michigan, getting a lot of love. These days, it's a it's a fun corner class, man. It's it's pretty loaded, um, but he had a nice season, good ball production. Uh, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Um, <clears throat> truthfully, haven't watched him yet, but yeah, it's a fantastic corner class. DJ's been all over Devon Weatherspoon, the Illinois cornerback. Um, he keeps yeah. on saying he's the best play, uh, corner in the draft. Uh, Deontay Banks, the Maryland corner, who goes at twenty four in this mm-hmm. mock. Is a guy I've heard a lot too. Um, Keishon Boutier makes an appearance in this mock, 26 overall to the Cowboys. That um, surprised us at then, this point. I think that, uh, I mean, he went through a lot of weird stuff at the end of his LSU career there. Yeah. Um, yeah. He really needs a good combine performance. And I think you get that. And he's right back in these conversations. And then Tucker Craft, Justin, South Dakota State tight end, 28. 
him going in the first round, I think, would surprise a lot of people. But as, <laughs> as Pauline writes, he's going to kill it at the combine. Like, he's just a mm. freak. He's crazy athletic um, for that size and it's a complete pass catcher. I don't know. First round, maybe a little high, but he's right. he's a stud. So big boy. He has a lot so. of tight ends going in this draft, though. He's got Mayer going in the first round. He's right. got everybody but Kincaid, I think. Which is crazy. Wild. Yeah, 28-29 is the Justin live-scouted you back-to-backs. Maisie Smith, a guy who's been uh, kind of fun to um, to see rising up boards lately. He's a nose I remember you highlighting before that CSU game as kind of one of the top prospects for the Wolverines going into that game against CSU early in the season, J. Mike. I like him, man. He stood out, too. He's just... You shouldn't be able to move laterally when you are that large the way that he does. Like, I I don't... It's got some, like, just freak to him. And I, again, mm-hmm. he's another guy that I think just because the talent that they had in that Michigan front seven, like, once he, like, fully gets unleashed, I I just love him. Where are you at with him, Jake, as a Michigan guy? Like, what's his ceiling? Oh, yeah, I like him a lot, too. I mean, I think he's got a little bit of that Maurice Hurst ability that we saw when he was at Michigan. Uh, hopefully, he has a better NFL career than him. Mozzie Smith has the uh, the legal situation, though, that we have to monitor. Um, so we'll see how that unfolds over the next few months. But I think he's going to be a guy that performs well at the Combine. Um, he's going to be in these first-round talks, I think, just on talent alone, if the out off the field stuff gets kind of ironed out, I think he's firmly in this discussion. I agree. And as we've said, it's a, it's a stronger interior defensive line class than we've seen in several years. And he's just another name to add to that list. Um, we had a two rounder from CBS that we actually just hinted at on the last pod because Anthony Richardson, uh, Chris Terrapasso has him going first overall with the Colts trading up to get him. It'd be absolutely wild. Frank Reich kind of feels like, I don't know, a Carson Wentz repeat here. Risky. Very risky. After you just got uh, fired for not really having a quarterback, um, mm-hmm. you go up and get or firing your coach for not getting a quarterback, you're going to go and get one of the most risky players in the draft. Yeah. It hey, does man. feel kind of Colts in a sense where we have had these retread 35 year old guys that can't move. Fuck it. Like we're going with the most freakish athletic dude on the field. Like we want somebody that's going to captivate people, you know, the way that like Lamar can, and that's not even a great comparison because their game's not the same, but you know what I mean? Oh, Just Jalen. get one of those guys that dazzles out there. Jalen Hurts. Um, right, like these are all the comps people are going to make. Uh, Will Anderson drops the four where the Bears have that Colts pick and pick him up. This is a fun mock, man. Gotta give it. Like This is a fun mock. The Panthers move up to five to get Will Levis. Witherspoon's the pick at six. Quentin Johnson's the pick at seven, which like I I see those guys as closer to top ten dudes than not. Um I Witherspoon is growing on me. CJ Strout is the pick at eight with the Giants moving up to trade with the Falcons. Super fun. 
which I mean, if they don't resign Daniel Jones and also I really think Jimmy G is the, the one for the Raiders. We're not thinking about or talking about enough. And then he breaks, he, he breaks the mock with giving Kalijah Kansi, um, the undersized interior defensive lineman to the Seahawks who had traded down with the Panthers to this pick. I haven't got into Kansi a ton, but this would be a shocker in front of guys like Tyree Wilson and Paris Johnson, um, even Lucas Van Ness, uh, like the, way more high upside guys. Seattle's draft the... record's pretty good these last couple of years on those surprise picks. They yeah, always are. They do. Serbin back in the day. John Schneider yeah. loves him a good surprise, man. He sure does. Uh, going back to the quarterbacks, imagine this scenario where Anthony Richardson goes over Bryce Young and Will Levis goes over CJ Stroud. I feel like that'd be like plus 1500 on DraftKings for that to happen. Not more, man. It, it, yeah, that's wild. He also has Musgrave at 15. Everyone's got the Packers going with the tight end, but everyone has a different tight end. DJ had uh, Kincaid. Mayer is who McShay had. Pauline had someone else, right? And then, but not Musgrave, mm-hmm. who he had at 18 to the line. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, well, we, pick, we've got them all. Pick your flavor. Yeah. Just amazing. So fun. He's got Peter Skaronsky dropping a 19, which would be. Blocking in- for who, though? Kyle yeah. Trask. Bro, I think Tampa's all in on the trash train, which is hilarious to us. Of course, John Michael Schmitz, the center out of Minnesota, is the other pick for Seattle. That feels so Seattle. Like, oh yeah, we traded down and we got Cansey and Michael Schmitz out of this. Um, he has Hyatt in the first round as well, actually in front of Jackson Smith and Jigba, which would be crazy. He has Miles Murphy dropping all the way to 25. And another guy with safe flowers in the first. So that's amazing. Um, we talked about another couple segments, boys, but I think we should wrap up here. Last thing is I just saw DraftKings, our presenting sponsor, has a team draft special right now, and it's which team will draft Bijan Robinson. Uh, who's the favorite? Eagles plus 250 are the favorites. Bills plus 350, which the value's good there at 27, though. It just um, depends, man. Depends on how high he goes. Like, if he doesn't end up being one of those guys that they really prioritize and take like 12, like he could fall. We see it happen. I mean, that's the crazy thing is everyone in these mocks hasn't projected to fall, but you know, we've You've, we've done mocks. Like sometimes it's just hard to find a fit. But then the the fit doesn't matter come draft day because it just takes one coach who's like, yeah, I don't I don't give a shit. He's gonna be a mismatch every week. Like he's different than the other running backs we have on the roster. So like to right, me, maybe um, the value of Carolina plus fifteen hundreds intrigued. Yes, yes, that's exactly where my mind is at. I go back to Todd Gurley. Remember, and he was coming out. Uh-huh. And um, I can't remember who it was. Someone reported that there's a secret team that has Todd Gurley as their number one player on the board. Turned out to be the Rams at like ninth overall, and that's where they took him. I uh-huh. can definitely see a situation like this happening with Bijan because he's a he's the best running back in the draft. And 
you know, we talk about the value of that position a lot, but these teams kind of just don't give a shit sometimes, and they'll just yeah. take a running back if they think he's the best player. Right, and the thing is, if your coach sees him as an offensive mismatch, one of like two, three guys that you have on your side that opposing coaches have to like scheme and rack their brains about, then yeah, the positional value equation is completely flipped on. It doesn't matter anymore that he's a running back because to you, he's completely different. And we've seen that with like wide receivers get overdrafted. Some tight ends get overdrafted over the years. Detroit plus 2000 feels really juicy. Two picks in the top 18. Six overall is probably Bijan's high point, right? And you're getting these before the combine. Like right now, I remember this was happening with C-Mac, right? Going into his draft year. I thought I was all, you know, cute by mocking him like 20, 20th overall. It was the Garrett Bulls draft. So I mocked him to the Broncos, 20th overall. I thought I'd be, I'd be cute giving him the local kid and saying like, hey, C-Mac should be a top 20 pick. And Brandon Cristal was doing the Broncos pod with us at the time. Was like, I think after the combine, that dude's going top 10. Sure shit, after the combine, he went like he was mocked top 10, and that's exactly where he went. I think that's what's happening with Bijan, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if what happens what you said with the Raiders, if it's Jimmy G or another veteran option, Josh Jacobs just went out the door, man. Uh, you have a wide open spot at running back, seventh overall. Plus uh, 3,000. Love that. Jay Mike, are we crazy? No, I think you're spot on. I'm trying to talk myself out of it. I'm just trying to think what I'm missing here. I don't know. I guess if you're Carolina, it's kind of doubling down on what you just did and did not work for yep. five years. So yep. that would be the argument against them. And quarterbacks the kind of penciled in for them, right? That too. Yeah, it's they need a QB. For the Raiders, not only do you need a QB, But again, it's kind of doubling down on a strategy that didn't work for you, investing in a first round running back who you that now just let walk and did not get not even going to get compensation for. But I mean, he's going to kill at the combine. There's not a flaw you can find on film. It would not be surprising at all if, you know, a team in that five to nine range is just like, you want to know what? It's kind of a luxury, but it's a luxury we can afford and we're going for it. Yeah, and I think it's at 14. See, Jay Mike did kind of talk me out of the Raiders because I am thinking that's not the Patriots way and McDaniels being there. So I I don't see the Patriots necessarily either. But I think what you just did is talk me really into the Lions because you can make the arguments for everyone else. The argument for the Lions is, well, they have DeAndre Swift. Well, as we know, a guy who's like played half his games isn't a reason to make or not make a top 10 pick. We always say that, right? If you truly feel Bijan is a, a star in the making, DeAndre Swift shouldn't move the needle. I don't know how super duper happy they are with Swift when Jamal Williams was super productive. It's a luxury pick, but that's a team who can maybe afford a luxury pick. And if they don't take him at six, they could take him at 18, right? right. I think he's going top 20. I would be surprised if he falls out of the top 20. I do too. And I think the mock is, or the book is overvaluing where he's being mocked in that like 25 to 30 range or 20 to 30 range. And that's, we explained all those dynamics and we understand why that is. It's probably not going to work out that way. So grab that value. 
from this conversation, we need to keep an eye out. Whenever DraftKings puts up the over-under for players on Bijan, I mean, if it's set at like 26 or something, I mean, I'm hammering that under. What's the number have to be for you to pump the brakes and not just automatically put two units on the under? Mm. 16 and well, a half? Um, I think maybe even a bit higher. I mean... Look at someone like Tampa at 19 without a quarterback. Maybe they just go Bijan and go, let's, let's just take the best ball carry in the draft. So I think around 20, 20 and a half, 19 and a half is where I start to actually think about it, okay. um, where the value isn't as much. Right on. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, DraftKings, for adding that fun prop. We are going to have a blast with those year round. Glad we got to talk a little bit about everything. Feels like this draft class is taking a little more shape for us, boys. And the Combine's right around the corner. That will only amplify things. Always a pleasure. You guys have a great weekend. From Dr. Dre, J. Mike, and the Schwan Man, we are the Draft Pod. We'll catch you next week. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like non from.